0: Today, on Give a Fuck.
1: So hello and welcome to the first ever Give a Fuck movie trivia quiz. Which actress has managed to win the most Oscars throughout her career? Meryl Streep. Wrong. (gasps) What? What? How many official Disney princesses are there? Bonus question, how many of them are not white?
0: Very loaded question.
1: Do you have enough of these walking stereotypes?
0: One two one two Ahoy Bonjour. Ciao. Ah, Hallo! Hola! Oi. Hello! Welcome to Give A Fuck, a podcast exploring what matters in culture, media, advertising, and whatever else we feel like discussing.
1: Hey y'all! Ever found yourself watching a movie? Let's say an action-packed blockbuster. And there's this woman. Maybe she's the protagonist's love interest. She's gorgeous of course, but you already forgot her name. She hadn't said more than two sentences in the whole film and now she's running from something. Maybe an explosion. In high heels, of course. Her makeup perfectly in place. Finally, the male hero snatches her up on his motorcycle, driving off into the sunset. Stop. Do you have enough of these walking stereotypes? Follow me into the rabbit hole of female characters in movies. Spoiler alert, it gets worse before it gets better. My name is Sophie, today's episode is Watching Women, Movies and the Horrors of Sexism. In this episode, I invite you to open your mind to the feminist side of film. How are women represented in movies? What kind of movie tropes are we watching over and over again? And what about women who work behind the camera?
0: Give a fuck.
1: Representation matters. Why? Representation allows minorities and marginalized groups to feel validated and it can shape how they are viewed by society and how they view themselves. Why does female representation on screen matter? Watching a movie and seeing a character who looks like you, has the same gender, comes from the same background or has the same sexual orientation as you can be incredibly powerful. If you can't relate to that feeling, I hate to break it to you, you're probably a white heterosexual man. Because most mainstream films we consume are so male-focused, you never experience the sensation of seeing somebody on the screen who's just like you. Because almost everybody in every movie is just like you. Before we get deeper into theory, let's test the knowledge of my fellow podcasting colleagues.
0: give a fuck welcome to the give a fuck movie trivia quiz and your host Sophie Tomy
1: so hello and welcome to the first ever give a fuck movie trivia quiz Um, Sarah Jake and Juana here thank you so much for joining me today so here are the rules each one of you will answer three questions if the candidate whose turn is it does not know the answer, then one of the others may answer and decide this point for him or her. And the 10th question is like the lightning round where it's a bonus question where you can all guess at the same time and the one who got it first gets the point. Do you all understand the rules?
0: Yes. yes. Yes.
1: Great. So our first contestant is Jake and I will tell you the first question now. Which actress made her film debut in the movie Leon the Professional?
0: Uh, Natalie Portman.
1: Correct. One point for Jake. Can we Google this? this? (laughs) You may not Google the answers to the questions.
0: Oh man, I'm going to lose so bad. All right, let's continue. Okay,
1: Sarah, next question for you. Which actress has managed to win the most Oscars throughout her career? Meryl Streep. Wrong. What? what? One of the others.
0: I don't know. Oprah?
1: <laughs> it's Katherine Hepburn with four uh, wins.
0: Are you kidding me? No. Well, Meryl okay. Streep does not have four academies. Yeah, I four thought she had on
1: that.
0: Oh, oh she's been the most nominated.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Correct. Oh. But fewer wins. Okay. Damn it. Okay. So, um, Juan, question for you. Which of these movies featuring a female action hero is directed by a woman? Wonder Woman, Underworld, Kill Bill, or Ghost in the Shell?
0: Uh, Let's see. Do you want to hear the
1: movies again?
0: And uh, uh, yes, I think I'm gonna do this kind of like who wants to be a millionaire? Like I had to think about it. (laughs) So wait, Wonder Woman, I- Underworld? Underworld. Bill, oh, underworld, or Ghost remember in the that. Shell. Well, definitely not Kill Bill, because obviously everybody knows that's from Tarantino, so I'll take note to that one. Uh, Wonder Woman is obvious, but sometimes I feel like there's a tricky question. So, Underworld, who watched Underworld? Seriously, I don't mm-hmm. know if that one was a thing. What was
1: the other one? Ghost in the Shell.
0: Ghost in the Shell. Oh. Okay. Uh... I had to go with Wonder Woman. Correct.
1: All right, good. It's Patty Jenkins.
0: No way. Look at that.
1: Really good. So, the first round, Jake and Juan each got a point. So, Jake, you again. Which Alfred Hitchcock film starred Grace Kelly as the role Lisa Carol Freeman?
0: It looks like she know. knows the answer. All <laughs> the harder ones are for Jake. He doesn't know, know psycho, so okay. so Jake doesn't know it. do we just shout it out?
1: Okay, so Jake doesn't know who wants to answer? I do. Okay, Sarah. Rear window? Correct. Yes. Point wow. for Sarah. Really good. Okay, Sarah, next one. question also for you. How many official Disney princesses are there? And bonus question, how many of them are not white? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think the bonus but... question is easier than the...
1: Yeah, the bonus is easier.
0: <laughs> Very loaded question.
1: You can start with the bonus if you want. Wait, official. Like, I don't know what counts really.
0: so tricky because...
1: I think they're... Yeah, like like Mulan's not a princess.
0: I, I think she would count as princess in this context. I've seen her as a princess. Okay, then I feel like there are... I'm not gonna get the first one but the non-white princesses there's jasmine mulan and the princess and the frog one mm-hmm. are there any more yes at least two more did i know <gasps> actually no there's a newer one yes wait i don't know if she's considered she's a princess, she is a princess. Yeah. yeah oh and no um well
1: I'm just going to guess five because of Jake. <laughs> correct. You're correct. I give you that point, even though Can you, didn't tell name, the other two? you didn't name all of them. But Jake could get a point if you name all five. Oh, cool.
0: So Moana, Pocahontas, Mulan, the one from Princess and the Frog. And the one, Sarah said one more.
1: Jasmine.
0: Jasmine, yeah, sorry, That's Jasmine. Correct. The
1: original. Good. I will give you that point, Jake. Really Thank good. Thank you. It's a, it's a
0: red hair, considered white. So like, <laughs> I think it's are they part of the new it. minority? Because they're going extinct.
1: Yeah. So, but this was Sarah's round. So, Juan is next.
0: Oh, let's see.
1: And it's also a tricky one, Juan. Back. Only five women have ever been nominated for Best Director for the Oscars. Name them. No. Bonus point for naming the winning film. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Uh, fight? No, I seriously like not not. No, I'm really bad with names. So. Uh, yeah. So that's I... a good
1: learning experience for our listeners that Juan cannot or cannot mention one woman who ever won and like who was I, ever I nominated know. or won the Oscar. But can you can you name one man who won the Oscar for best director?
0: Um.
1: Okay, you're just a bad example. i really <laughs> no, I, I know. you
0: right. No, I just that's like I said, really bad with names.
1: Yeah. So let's open the question to the others. So well, I only
0: know about. I don't know if it was Golden Glow, but it was Catherine Bigelow for Zero Dark Thirty. The one I remember.
1: Yeah, that's the Oscar too, right? No, it's the Hurt Locker. Ah, But fine. it's Catherine oh, Bigelow. Her, her first Sorry. one. Yeah. Okay. I will, So um, and then the will, second one. Yeah. That I know is the
0: Chloe Zhao, who's just nominated. Wasn't Ava Duvernay also sometimes nominated? I
1: well, know. Uh, so the, the f- five ones that I have, uh Lina Wertmüller, Jane Campion, Sofia Coppola for Lost oh, In Translation, just, yeah. and uh Greta Gerwing oh, um, yes. for Lady Bird for Lady and Bird. Catherine Bingelow for the Hurt Locker, and she won the only Oscar. Also
0: Catherine oh. Bingelow was okay, but I thought it was Zero Dark 30. But they're similar. It's all about war. Yeah, in Middle East. <laughs> yeah, but no Chloe Zhao was just nominated for Nomadland and she's the first Asian oh, Mar- Asian woman. Oh, that's nominee. right. That was a good one.
1: Okay, so none of you got a point. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're starting in with Jake. Again with the Oscars, who's the first and only woman of color to win the Oscar for best best actress?
0: The Halle Berry.
1: Correct. Really good Jake. So, Jake is leading with three points.
0: For Monster Bowl. And it was the same year that also, I think, Denzel Washington. And it was the year that both major categories were snapped by African-American people. Okay, it's not showing off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because, you know, I'm part of the podcast about pop culture, so I kind of know <laughs> about it. I <laughs> feel hey, like an idiot.
1: Though. Okay, Sarah, next yes. question for you. Uh, it's a little specific but i think you can do it Mm -hmm. in silence of the Lambs, where is fbi student clarice sterling originally from i actually just watched that movie for the first time last year i don't know okay does anybody else know it's, it's West Virginia. Mm. So, Juan, next yes. question for you. In which movie does Judy Garland say the iconic line, there's no place like home?
0: Are you kidding me? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz?
1: Correct. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: How many more movies would Judy Garland think you tell, Juan? I, I'll be honest with you, that was just a guess. That was a wild guess. <laughs>
1: So, and now we are at the lightning round. So Jake has three points and the other two have both two points. So let's but see who change. gets the winning point, yeah. Of the top 100 grossing movies of 2020, what percentage were female directed?
0: Percentage? Percentage. Uh, whoever gets
1: closest. Yeah, whoever gets closest. So Jake okay. says five. I said five. So okay. it's the the percentage of the number of movies. Yeah. Of like the hundred one, like uh, 100, 100 most grossing movies. So like the biggest blockbusters, like the ones who got the most box office. Okay. Uh, I'll say... 100? Uh, 3%. Okay.
0: Three point one percent. Strategy. This is strategy.
1: You are wrong, but um, but Jake is actually closest because it's sixteen percent. Oh, okay. And... <laughs> Maybe this Excellent. whole trivia quiz built it up in a way that it looked really daring, but um, it's actually sixteen percent, which is an improvement. That's very good. So Jake is the overall winner of this movie trivia quiz. Congrats. Oh, thank you. Dragging rights.
0: Do you have more questions? Yet? Oh, this is all. This is interesting.
1: Jake, Jake just got started. Like, <laughs> <he> just, <laughs> <he> just <laughs> started oh, the warm up. Good.
0: I like movie trivia questions, but sometimes they are very hard. If you go to one of those actual real, like movie fanatic quizzes, it's it's like top 10 Swedish directors of the 90s, you know, it's not like who won Oscar <laughs> for this and that.
1: Yeah, I was scared that uh, you may argue that one question is harder than the other. So I was trying to have a balance, but I've, um, I, I, I could see which questions were easier for you and which were like a little harder. But you all did really good. Thank you Thank for you. participating.
0: Yay! Thank you. That was fun. Wait. So, what are the prices? Like, is there a car? Or... <laughs> I mean, it's you get nothing. Content. So, what are you worried about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a production value for this <laughs> <laughs> game. Uh... Give a
1: I want to state that I am by no means an expert in movie theory, nor does this episode provide the intersectional approach to the lack of representation in the movie industry that it should. Moreover, it will focus only on examples from Western film industries such as Hollywood. Everything I am presenting today is derived from personal experience and is a constant learning process. If you'd like to join the conversation or leave comments and feedback for us, please visit giveafuck.net. Now that that's out of the way, let's jump right in. Have you ever heard of the Bechtel Test? Inspired by cartoonist Alison Bechtel's 1985 tongue-in-cheek comic strip The Rule, the Bechtel Test is a basic measure to see if women are fairly represented in a film. There are three requirements for passing the test. First, it must have at least two female characters. Second, they must both have names. And finally, they must talk to each other about something other than a man. Seems easy, right? Shockingly, very few films actually pass this test. Eternal favorites and classics like Breakfast at Tiffany's, Avatar, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Grand Budapest Hotel, etc. etc. don't pass the test. Does this make these movies bad movies or anti-feminist movies? No. The Bechtel test was created satirically to highlight a problem in the movie industry. It was a way to show people just how many movies can't pass a simple test with very low expectations. It was not an actual barometer. It doesn't touch on many important aspects of cinema, for example, how central these women's roles are, who's working behind the camera, and so on. The science fiction at Gravity, for example, doesn't pass the test, but that's because the main character, played by Sandra Bullock, is stranded in space, alone, no other woman to talk to. But she's definitely the hero of the story and not at all dependent on a man. Many critics of the Bechtel-Test came up with their own tool to measure equal women's representation. Comic book writer Kelly Sue DeConnick, for example, proposed a sexy lamp test. She states, if you can replace your female character with a sexy lamp and the story still basically works, maybe you need another draft. However, the one thing that cannot be denied about the Bechtel-Test is that it triggers discussion now that we've examined how few female characters there actually are in movies what do those roles look like sadly many are derived from stock characters a stock character is a stereotypical fictional person or type of person that the viewer recognizes by a constant reproduction let me introduce you to some of the most common archetypal female characters i guarantee you've seen most of them A lot of my following research has been based on the YouTube videos of the film analyst hub, The Take. So if you want to dive deeper into the world of movie tropes, go watch their videos. Some stereotypical characters are explained by their name alone, like the funny fat girl. In movies where we find this trope, plus size women are always relegated to the comic relief sidekick. They can be characterized by their confidence about their appearance and willingness to be the punchline.
0: Are you out of your mind? What do you weigh, 110, 115 pounds?
1: Which one of my butt cheeks are you talking about? A woman's value should never be dictated by her size. Don't these characters deserve better? What's your name? Fat Amy. Um, you call yourself Fat Amy? One of the best-known tropes has to be the femme fatale, which originated in the classic film noir of the 1940s and 50s. A femme fatale is a fatal woman in French. The term is often used to describe a particular, attractive and seductive type of woman, sometimes endowed with magical, demonic traits. The femme fatale promises the seduced man the highest fulfillment of love and at the same time binds him to herself, manipulates him and usually also plunges him into misfortune. She tends to be the most iconic and memorable character in her story. Examples for popular modern femme fatales are Sharon Stone as Catherine Tramell in Basic Instinct and Amy Dunn played by Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl.
0: I like men like that, men who give me pleasure, he gave me a lot of pleasure.
1: Moving on to The Final Girl. The term was coined by Carol J. Clover in her book Men, Women and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film in 1992. Clover studied slasher films from the 1970s and 80s, which is considered the golden age of the genre. She defined the final girl as a female who is the sole survivor of a group of people who are chased by a villain. Most of the time she gets a final confrontation with the villain, in which she either kills him herself or she's saved at the last minute by someone else, such as a police officer. She's the one who lives to tell the tale because she is different from the rest. She is usually a virgin or otherwise doesn't engage in sex. She is smart and observant, she refuses to cloud her mind with alcohol and drugs and therefore remains clear-headed and ready to run or fight. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind?
0: Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks
1: babysitters? Uh, Yeah. What's yours? Guess. I'm not saying this trope implies that the final girl deserves to live because of her abstinence and alleged moral superiority, but it sure does seem, as if filmmakers really said, women who are decent don't get murdered in their sleep. Even as the trope of the final girl progresses to a more empowered version of herself over the years, she is still confined by at least one particular characteristic. She is usually white. The take refers to an interesting quote by horror all father Hitchcock. Blondes make the best victims, they are like virgin snow that shows up the bloody footprints. Yikes. The last trope is perhaps the most niche one on the list and at the same time most controversially discussed, the manic pixie dream girl. She is fun-loving, slightly goofy, full of lovable quirks, with a wild hairdo and fashion style and most importantly, she has a mission. To rescue a lost young man who subsequently falls deeply in love with her.
0: I liked this girl, yeah I loved her, what did she do, she took a giant on my face. literally.
1: Literally? Not literally. It's with you. There have been many characters in the history of film that fit the trope, but it wasn’t until 2005, and thanks to Kirsten Stewart in Elizabethtown, that the film critic Nathan Rabin gave this female cinematic phenomenon a name. And since then the Manic Pixie Dream Girl has had quite a run for her money. The take draws a connection between the modern trope and the term muse, which was coined in Greek mythology and describes a person who spurs or inspires another person to creative achievement. And here's what's the problem with the trope. The Manic Pixie Dream Girl's sole purpose in life is to make the male protagonist and his life better, there is simply no character development of her own. This has also been noticed by critics who started to cancel characters who seemingly possess traits of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl then have the courage to fail big and stick around. Make them wonder why you're still smiling. This led to the term being applied too broadly and some writers and viewers started to dismiss female characters for superficial reasons, like having dyed hair or being funny. Another big problem with the label is that it's also applied to characters who are consciously intended to deconstruct or undermine the trope. Like one great female character of the 20th century, Clementine Krasinski of The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which was released three years before Rabin even coined the trope's name. She's a complex character and not at all a perfect dream girl. She even went so far as to nail the aforementioned stereotype before it even existed. I'm not a concept Joel, I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. I'm not perfect. I can't see anything that I don't like about you. But you Friendly will. I but you will. You know, you will think of things and I'll get bored with you and feel trapped because that's what happens with me. Okay. So there's that. These tropes can be very subjective. We may feel like women are often portrayed as one-dimensional and male-dependent, but we all know personal taste means nothing without scientific proof. So I would like to conclude by presenting some hard-hitting facts and numbers. It really comes down to who is working in front and behind the camera. Despite the Me Too and Time's Up movement, Hollywood has been slow to change in its depiction of women on the big screen. In 2020, only 33.1% of all speaking or named characters were girls and women, about the same amount as it has been for the past 11 years. Female characters were far more likely than male characters to be shown in tight or alluring apparel and with some nudity. Stacey Smith, associate professor and author, examined the depiction of young female characters in over 900 movies over the span of 10 years and published her findings under the title The Future is Female, examining the prevalence and portrayal of girls and teens in popular movies. Smith and her team discovered that almost 54% of teenage female characters are played by adult actors, offering an unattainable and distorted beauty standard that young people can never really live up to.
0: Wait, are you guys talking about Molly Davidson?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That girl is so
1: weird. She always acts like she's like 40. When female characters were shown doing chores, 93% of those characters were engaged in stereotypical female chores, such as cleaning, gardening, or caring for children. Female teens were almost four times as likely as male teens to be depicted wearing sexy and sexualized clothing. Did he say why?
0: Somebody told him about genome. I gave him everything. I was half a virgin when I met him. You wanna do something fun?
1: You wanna go to Taco Bell? The romantic interests of teens were also explored. Over half of the female teens evaluated had a romantic interest, but a mere 12.2% of female characters mentioned or were shown taking part in science, technology, engineering or math activities. While you guys were all studying AP handjobs, I was kicking ass and busting curves. And I'm going to continue to do that at Yale next year, so I like my choices and wherever you three are next year, I hope you do too." One of the key findings of the study was, the picture young female viewers see of themselves in media is one of erasure and marginalization and reinforces the idea that the girl's value is not only on her appearance but also her romantic interests, rather than what she can do or be. That leads me to my conclusion. Why we all should give a fuck. Whether you enjoy watching movies or not, media in general has an effect, not only on children's and young people's imagination and self-conception, but also on the rest of society. A history of objectifying and sexualized depictions of women cannot be brushed aside as unimportant. And even if recent harassment scandals in the entertainment industry exposed destructive male behavior and overthrew long-protected gatekeepers, the shift towards a greater representation of female voices takes so damn long. But there are some good news to be happy about. Female roles get more nuanced. Many recently made films featured a female lead or co-lead. The overall percentage of women working behind the scenes increased, reaching historic highs. We now see two consecutive years of growth for women who direct. Even more women should get the chance to tell their own stories. Those films naturally feature more girls and women, more women in lead roles, more racial and ethnic diversity, more women older than 40 and more women in key production roles. The proof is in the pudding. On the top 500 films of 2019, movies with at least one female director employed greater percentages of women writers, editors, cinematographers and composers than films with exclusively male directors. Okay, that's it for this episode. Thanks for giving a fuck and listening. I hope you enjoyed this dive down the rabbit hole of female representation in movies. If you want to check out any of my sources and explore more of the feminist side of film, please visit giveafuck.net. Until next time, remember to eat your veggies, watch movies made by women, and keep giving a fuck. Give a fuck. Music courtesy of epidemicsound.com